Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Happy Monday, everybody. It's a whole new week. I'm so glad that you're here with us because today we are going to go back in time. No, it's not a time travel book. It's historical. And I'm so excited that you're here today because you're going to meet C.H. Admirand. And if you have not read her yet, I will read her bio so you can get to know her. C.H. believes in fate, destiny, and love at first sight. She fell in love at first sight when she was 17 and was married for 41 wonderful years until her husband lost his battle with cancer. Soulmates, their hearts will be joined forever. They have three grown children, one son-in-law, two grandsons, two rescue dogs, and two grand cats. Her characters rarely follow the synopsis she outlines for them, but C.H. has learned to listen to her characters. Her heroes always have a few of her husband's best qualities, his honesty, his integrity, his compassion for those in need, and his killer broad shoulders. (laughs) C.H. writes about the things she loves most, family, her Irish and English ancestry, baking, and gardening. You can take a trip back to Regency England for her new series, The Lords of Vice, or venture back to the Old West in her best-selling Irish Western series. Fast forward to the present, stopping at the Circle G Ranch in Pleasure, Texas, before landing in the Apple Grove in Ohio, small town, USA, for a slice of Peggy McCormick's buttermilk pie. (laughs) Sounds fun, right? All this time traveling. And I told you there was no time travel. Anyway, um, CH does love to hear from her readers. I put a link to her website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you're listening live or if you're listening later, you can click that anytime and sign up for her newsletter, check out all those fantastic books that are up there, and uh, get connected on social media as well. So I don't want to delay any longer. Are you there, Colleen? I'm here. Thanks, Lisa. Oh, thanks so much for being here. Do you want to tell everybody about your new book and why they should run out and grab it right now? <laughs> Weren't we just talking about the fact that my brain is right to talk about it? Um, my um, The third book in my series, The Lords of Vice, um, released two weeks ago. It's um, called the Tempering the Viscount's Envy. And it's actually, if you follow along, I think the books could stand alone, but it's really better if you read them in order, starting with Mending the Duke's Pride and then Avoiding the Earl's Lust, because those two brothers um, have two distant cousins, and uh, the first distant cousin is trying to cash in on the Duke's fame and fortune now that the Duke has managed to turn things around in his life. Um, and he's a little bit envious. And what I try to do with my characters in this series is um, – each one of them have a vice that, you know, could lead you down the road to ruin unless they meet their savior, their saving grace in the form of, in this book, he meets a virtuous correlation who can absolutely do nothing for his future or his need to um, make a name for himself and rebuild his family's fortune. So it's kind of like trying to throw characters together that, you think might be able to help each other, but, you know, you have to not be stubborn. Like most of the people in my personal life are quite stubborn. Not (laughs) What? (laughs) So I tried to uh, put that together, and uh, I think it actually came out, 
actually a little bit better than I had hoped it would. Um, they meet on Hogmanay, which is um, January 1st, if you're Scottish. It's a legend that if, you, if the first person you meet is tall, dark, and handsome, he will bring good luck to you. And it just so happens that, of course, Viscount Chatsworth is quite tall, broad shoulders, going back to my husband's <clears throat> best qualities, and uh, dark hair and piercing blue eyes. So um, she's captivated from the start, and neither one knows anything about the other, but things just progress from there, and it just gets a little bit crazy when he's arguing with the Duke, and he storms out of the Duke's study, and she's stepping on the top step of the stairs, and he doesn't see her, she doesn't see him. He barrels into her, and she starts to fall down the stairs, and he catches her because he is the hero, <clears throat> so he has a job to do. <laughs> but then, like, she's not breathing um, because he knocked the breath out of her, so he puts his, you know, ear to her breast, and, you know, of course, the Duke storms out what, you know, is going on, and he sees this, and down at the bottom of the stairs, we have the housekeeper and the butler, and everyone is aghast, and the only thing the Duke could do to make everything better is to say, you're being married, like, uh, I'll get the special license, you're married today, so. He's married to a woman. <laughs> For him, and she's married to a man who doesn't really, she doesn't think wants her. So it's a setup for the perfect thing for everything to go to hell in a handbasket, if you will. So <laughs> I love it. And and are there more cousins? How many books are going to be in the series? Do you know? Uh, there's just four in this series. Um, there's one other cousin who is actually um, very close to uh, Viscount Chatsworth. It's his. Uh, his cousin, Marcus Summerfield, who is, happens to be a baron, and he's the one that ha- suffers from greed. So um, his story is the, the next and the last story. But I have a spinoff um, of the series that um, my publisher is waiting for, and this is going to have to do with the Duke's guard, the, um, the O'Malley's, Garahans, and Flaherty's, who uh, keep everybody in line and who have been doing a a very good job, if I do say so myself, um, protecting the Duke and his family from un- unknown enemies that seem to crop up just as everything's going well. You know, just like real life. Everything's going well, right. great. I don't know. <laughs> and then there's a plague, you know? Yes. Or a pandemic. <laughs> yes, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so I wanted to ask you, because when I was poking around on your website, I saw you've had medieval series, Regency, Old West. Are there any other time periods that you're dying to dabble in? Um, you know, I really love the Old West. It's one of my favorites, because I grew up watching uh, Westerns on TV with my dad. And, uh, you know, you, can't, you cannot replace John Wayne, Gary Cooper, Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, all my favorites. And they just don't make movie stars like they used to. Like, for my Regencies, all I have to do is, like, oh, my God, let's pull out Errol Flynn, you know, in my, in my DVDs and watch him or Tyrone Power. You know, there's just something about them. They're larger than life. And mm-hmm. um, those are some of, my, some of my favorite time periods. I haven't, in the medieval that I wrote, I did have a couple of um, characters that were Scott, Scottish and Irish, and I wouldn't mind going back there. So, so maybe some Highlanders. Could be, but it all depends on what my publisher is interested in. We'll see. Right now, it's Regency. So, 
more Dukes. Um, well, that's why this time we're doing his guard. You know, they're you know they're not titled. They're everyday men, but they um, they excel at bare knuckle fighting, which comes to their um, actually helps them out in their job. You know, they don't always have to pull out the knife or their um, pistol, but uh, yeah, they like to uh, fight. So. They like to rumble. They do, and. Uh, you know, they actually like to practice on one another, the cousins. So they're brothers and cousins. There's 16 of them all together. So they are quite a mob. Wow. <laughs> okay. You know? <laughs> so I have to ask, did you watch Bridgerton? I did. And, you know, I, I, I really didn't know what I was expecting. Well, no, I did. I always expect it to be just like the book. There are so many elements that were just like the series. But it just went a little further, and I was like, oh, well, okay. I was not expecting quite um, um, much to see on the screen. It's very steamy, very steamy. <laughs> I'm getting older. I'm like, okay, well, I haven't watched anything like that ever. But it was really, <laughs> it was really well done. I guess the closest I ever came to is when I was doing the research for a book, and, oh, my God, I thought I was going to – a club club, and my girlfriend was like, oh, yeah, we're going to a club, you know, fine. Well, it turned out that that wasn't just a club. It was a strip club. Oh, my oh. God. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Oh, I was so embarrassed. Um, and she just <laughs> laughed as she's whipping out her dollars. I'm like, what are we doing here? And then, of course, it gave me the idea for my small town cowboy series. But, oh, my God, you know, the things, the things you get into when you're trying to help a friend. But anyway, yeah. Well, that's so, right. And book research. Well, yeah, because <laughs> standing on the stage, he has chaps on, a cowboy hat, and these <laughs> nice little briefs. And I'm like, oh, my God, what would a cowboy be doing up on a stage like that? And I'm like, oh. He's going to save the ranch. Oh, my God. It's his last-ditched effort. It's been in the family for 150 years. I have to write this. And so then I was no longer worried about the smudges on the table and other things. <laughs> so <laughs> I was doing. But getting back to Bridgerton, I love, love Julia Quinn, and I loved her series. I read it, like, years ago, um, but then I reread it. It was really well done. Yeah, I thought so too, and I enjoyed that um, they not only was it beautiful for the Regency period, but I felt like they really got they got romance. Um, it's so nice to see romance get a TV series and somebody who really understood. I mean, that look when he said, "I burn for you," I was like, "Oh my god, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh!" <laughs> oh, who else could? that as well as he did I just remember looking at that like oh, it was right you know it, it's like it makes you, you your breath just goes oh. and you know you yes. it, oh my lord if somebody looked at me like that mm, mm, mm. I tell you right yeah. yeah he definitely had the smolder going on <laughs> oh, <time> smolder <laughs> So have you ever been tempted to write, you write um, small town and historical? Are there other genres that you've been, you know, that you've got a book in a box somewhere or anything? <laughs> I have a number of books in boxes. Um, one that will probably 
never see the light of day. It was the first book that I wrote back in, um, I guess it was 94, maybe. And uh, it takes place at um, a Renaissance fair, because we had just taken the kids to see one. And I was like, oh, my God, what would happen? Because I have the jousting and everything. And I'm like, what would happen if someone, a knight was propelled forward in time, and he ends up in the middle of a joust, which he just left. And, you know, the whole time travel thing. Um, I was a little too wordy. I had way too much reference points that I included that read like a reference book. It's a journey <laughs> to figure how to write. It really is when you're trying to it write is. a story. But, um, yeah, that would be – I wouldn't mind going back there, but sometimes it's easier to write a whole new book for me than it is to work on a book that has way too many issues, which I think is That's many. true. Yeah, that's the, true. Do, do you think time travel is something you'd want to write sometime? Um, I wouldn't mind writing another one, yeah. I, I did enjoy that. It's just, you know my problem is? It's today. I so do not do today's technology well. And <laughs> I you know, and, and trying to make it so that it makes sense. I have to ask my grandsons who know everything. And um, it's amazing how much they know. They're nine and seven. And... Um, of course, my, my kids just look, they're all in their 30s, and they just look at me like, nah, really, you, you need to, you need to get with the program. So they took, they, they got to do online banking. So if I can figure out online banking, I should be able to write a contemporary romance that, you know, has contemporary stuff in it, but wow. <laughs> you can't phones anymore, you know? You have to do, and you can't just do a cell phone. It has to be a smartphone that does mm-hmm. things like it's like the Jetsons cartoon when I was a kid and they had those, the TV screen came down and they were video chatting. That's what they call it now. But back then they were talking to each other on a TV and I'm like, oh, that'll never happen. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, remember Judy Jetson with her little video phone? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so... So usually our listeners are very curious about how you became a writer. What did your writing journey look like? And I know we sort of talked about your little book in a box, but, but you know, how long did it take you to get published and how did you go about it? And did you always want to write? I always loved to write um, short stories, poems. I wrote really bad poetry in high school to a crush that I had who was not my husband. Um, but <laughs> It was really bad poetry. But, you know, you get busy in life, and, you know, you're at your day job, and then you get married, have a family, and you don't think about it. And one day, I, I had I love to reread books. So I had just finished rereading a story, and I'm like, I don't want to reread another one. I, I want something new. And it was 9 o'clock at night. My husband's like, why don't you just write one? I was like, oh. It was like. A window opened, and I was like, oh, you know, and you hear like, whoa, and I'm like, I can do it. <laughs> of course, then you realize, oh, yeah, you're a moron because, you know, not just anybody can do this. You really have to learn how to hone your craft. Just because you have a good idea doesn't mean you can equate it onto paper, which was right. you know, a problem. My brain goes 100 miles an hour, and it doesn't always make it to the paper, thank God editors like my current editor Scott I love him over at Dragon Blade Publishing because he understands where I'm going so he could kind of like fill in the blank ask a question did you mean to blah 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 and I'd be like oh yes I did <laughs> um, but, whoops 
like, I think it was 1994, because they were putting the roof on the front of the house. Yeah, and I was sitting out there, and I had all my research papers, and I was writing that time travel. And I decided, this is going to be the book. I don't know how to get it published, but, you know, I'm going to work on that. And I just happened to meet somebody at the office who was leaving to full, to, to be a full-time writer. And I saw oh, her in wow. the crowd. Yeah, it's crazy. I met her in the grocery store. I'm like, oh, my God, we worked at Union Camp together. And she just looked at me, and we just started talking. And I mentioned that I had a book, and she handed me a brochure from New, Jer- New Jersey romance writers. And I was like, oh. oh. Looked at it, and I it said, oh, a conference. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'd never been anywhere without my kids, ever. And I was like, I'm going to do it. So I went to the conference, and I had my book with me and I was all ready to go and then I learned oh it wasn't long enough <laughs> I didn't have a bunch of elements in it I really need to double check to make sure I had all my research points together but it was such a wonderful experience learning and it took all the workshops that they had available joining RWA it was a huge huge experience that I don't think I I know I would never have been published without it but it did take me, it took me a while. Um, I published my first short story in 1999. Um, and I, I think it was 99 rejections that I had received between 94 and 2000 when I got the contract for my first book, The Marshall's Destiny. And um, it wasn't 99 rejections on the same book. I had a bunch of different books I was trying out there with Ed. <laughs> And it was so funny, when I went to the New Jersey meeting, I had my my two file folders, are very large, actually, of my 99 rejections, and I brought them with me. I put them down, and I said, these are my 99 rejections. I just got a contract. If I can do this, you can do this. And it was like, ooh, because, you know, you always, <laughs> you always think it's so easy for people. You know, if you're not, if you want to write and and you never have tried it, you think, oh, you know, you can do it. It's like, you know, getting a job or whatever. It is a job, and it's not easy. And sometimes life happens, and your um, and your creativity goes out the window. You know. Yes. Yes. It, it is, and 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 it's not. Um, sadly, my books. I try really hard, but they do not write themselves. And so if you are, you know, if you're not, if your health takes a turn or there's trauma in your family or something, that book won't write itself. And so, you know, your whole career, it it is a job and it is really, it's a difficult one. So we jump into it, though. (laughs) And if the characters go silent, that's when I knew I was in trouble. Because they would argue in my head and wake me up, and I'd be like, okay, okay, I'll get back to your book, I promise, I promise. But when they stopped talking to me, and then the music stops playing in my head, because I always have, it's like a radio in my head, it's very odd, but, you know, there you go. Um, But when that all stopped, I knew that, you know, I had to do something, you know, so. But you have to keep going, right? Life doesn't stand still just because have something going on in your life that you can't handle. Very true. Very true. So who inspires you when you're looking for, you know, 
when you want to get fired up to write, do you read, are there certain authors that you read that you finish and you're like, dang it, I got to go write something amazing like that? Who who do you like to read? I love to read um, Nora Roberts. She's one of my absolute favorites. I have my Nora Roberts bookshelf, and it's it's my great-grandfather's barrister case, so they're the glass front and, you know, you lift them up, and they slide into place. It's, it's gorgeous. I figured she deserved the best because I really do love her. I remember a number right. of times. So, so easy to talk to. I love listening to her workshops. But I don't write anything like her, and I never could. But I just, the way she crafts her stories, it's just like, wow. Someday, maybe I'll get to be, you know, in her league. And then I, then I realized, <laughs> no, no. Have another cup of tea, <laughs> something else. But I love to read her. And um, when I was awake all night, when I wasn't sleeping, when my husband was going through chemo, I thanked the Lord every night for my Kindle um, because I would yes. read all night. And there were stories that just absolutely got me through. Kit Morgan's um, Prairie stories, her Prairie Bride um, prairie brides and prairie grooms. There's just so many stories, and they were they were wonderful. You know, they were they were sweet. They were um, they took you out onto the prairie. People got in trouble. Things happened, and then she has this beautiful town. And it's just like you know, it's just just what you need. You don't read people who don't read. I actually feel really sorry for them because they're missing out on so many different worlds so many different characters and it, it could be cathartic for you to read or it could um or it could be it could be inspiring it could make you cry um i try not to read those books because life is tough enough and or it could scare and i don't like to be scared i don't watch horror movies i've only written one horror short story that scared the crap out of me so i decided i don't want to again. but um so yeah there I just sometimes I even it's music and um, old movies, you know. I can find inspiration mm-hmm. in a bunch of different places. So I love that. Do you now that now that we um, just lived through a pandemic and everyone streamed every show ever? Did you find historical shows that you loved that we should all add to our watch list? Um, to tell you the truth. I um, I did watch Bridgerton. I haven't mm-hmm. wa- I haven't watched my daughter absolutely rave about um, Diana Gabaldon's um, Highlander. Oh, Outlander. Mm-hmm. Outlander. Oh my God, I bought I bought the for her first book um, when it was in the bookstore years ago. Lo- absolutely loved it. I read the first three in the series, but. When I saw it, I'm like, oh, but I didn't picture the characters to look like that. And stupid stuff like that gets in my head, and I'm like, I'm sure it's really, really well done. But you know, it is when really some, good. When she, you know, my daughter's just like, mom, just set it aside, just watch him. I'm like, <laughs> I'll get. It. But I do. I watch. Um, I like to stream cooking shows. I, I mean, I love oh, to bake. Okay. So um, I like to watch the Pioneer Woman. Any British baking that's on, I watch because I just love I love that show. Um, but I really I I didn't really watch TV like at all um, because we had the um, 
uh, blues radio on for my husband because that, you know, was really calming for him, and he really enjoyed that. So we listened to oh, a lot. Nice. Well, he, I, I read my Kindle, so we were, like, you know, together, but um, I tried not to listen to the jazz radio because I'm not a big fan of jazz. But the dogs and I, we were listening <laughs> to a lot. You compromised. Yeah. I wish I could say that there were a bunch of um, – things that I could recommend to watch, but I just, I didn't, so sorry. Well, I will throw back at you that you should totally watch The Crown. It's so good. So oh, good. is it? I'm just throwing that out there. Yes. It's really good. It's on Netflix, too, where Bridgerton was, but it's it's very, it's just, it's one of those shows where I watch it, and I'm like, no way, and then I get on Wikipedia, and I go, oh, way, what? That happened? Um. So anyway, yeah. it's, it's really I've great. I heard they did a really good job with the um, with the research, and uh, you know sometimes it's a little too close. So I've yes. read, I've read comments <laughs> like, you know, but I will put that on my list. So thank you. You're welcome. So I've got to ask, what's next for you? You said you've already written book four of your. Um, Lords of Vice series, right? What What are you working on now? Um, I just turned in um, a, no, a Christmas novella for Star of Wonder. It's um, oh. there's two Christmas anthologies coming out: Star of Wonder and Star of Light. Um, my story for uh, Star of Wonder is a promise kept, a love unspoken, and it's one of the characters from my Lords of Vice series. He's a war hero. Um, he was in the Navy, and he has one eye and wears a black eye patch, and he has um, his one arm um, doesn't have a whole lot of strength in it. But um, I just loved him, so I had to write his little novella. So, But it's a Christmas one, so that was – I just finished that. Um, the other novella that I'm going to be working on is for one of their series called The Lion's Den. If you go to dragonbladepublishing.com, click on it, and it has a whole stories by a bunch of their different authors. And um, there's a premise that you have to include in your book, and from there you create your story. So I've never done that before, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then it'll be The Duke's Guard, which is – going to be my new series for them. Start with Patrick O'Malley. He's the head of the Duke's Guard, so he gets the first story. Nice. And those are the those are the bare fisted fighters, right? Yes, they are. They're also tall and handsome. <laughs> Only the Garahans are dark. Dark hair, dark eyes, the black <laughs> have the auburn hair and the blue eyes. And then the O'Malley's have the light hair and green eyes, like my husband. I'm like, yep. He's always going to be there. So green-eyed, my little green-eyed man. Well, actually, he wasn't little. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> no, he had those broad shoulders. <laughs> yes, he did. You know what? It was good. Broad shoulders. So my characters do. So, so um, how do you like readers to get in touch with you? Do you have a newsletter? Do you like them to be on Facebook? How, how can they get in touch after they read the book? Uh, they could get in touch with me um, either place. On my website, I have the link to my Facebook author page, but I also have a, a Facebook page, which actually I think people spend more time there than they do on my author page. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Um, I'm on BookBub. 
um, if you go to my home page on my website, chadmoran.com, it's um, got a whole bunch of those little things. It's got the Facebook, Twitter, BookBub, Amazon, Goodreads, Instagram, and Blogger I haven't done too much with lately. Um, it's a Get Lost in a Story blog. Uh, an author that I know runs that. Um, life kind of got in the way. You can email me. I don't mind email. You can join my newsletter. However, you know, I have people that um, if I have a con- – I just had a contest on Facebook on my author page, and I had somebody contact me because they read about it in my newsletter and said, I don't do Facebook. I'm like, not a problem. You know, you can still enter. You know, all they have to do is contact me. So, right. Anyways. Right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say any you know any way they want to contact me is fine. I I don't have a preference. You know, it's the email, which you, is uh, it sounds like you're everywhere. Um. Well, yeah. Sometimes spread a little too thin. <laughs> Instagram. I'm still trying to figure out. My daughter's like, Mom, it's no problem. I'm like, Yeah, but you know, you're 35. You figured all this out already. <laughs> Not it's me. It's the thing you have to do on your phone. <laughs> well, yeah. And, oh, my gosh, you know, my eyes aren't what they used to be because I started out reading when I was really little under the covers with a flashlight. Note to your grandchildren, <laughs> let them do that, you know. <laughs> but anyway. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. This was so fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. And everybody run everybody run out and grab Tempering the Viscount's Envy. And I hope you all enjoy it. Thanks so much for being here, Colleen. I had a great time. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.